You want all the inside dirt? That's the muck. Coming from the Montgomery basketball experts? That's the mire. I'm Montgomery assistant coach Joe Bassford. I'm Montgomery head coach Chris Grundy. And this is the Muck and Meyer podcast. This is the Muck and Meyer podcast. This is the Muck and Meyer podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second edition of the Muck and Meyer podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Fury, joined by Keith Glock. Mr. Glock, how you doing? I'm good, Fury. How you doing, man? I'm good. So we had a short week this week. Uh, a couple things we'll get into, but first off, I, I got to ask, did, did you uh, take anything away from the week? I did. My take uh, on Montgomery basketball right now is that it's kind of like when you're serving on a, on a jury, right? Uh, and you're too young to ever have served on a jury before, but you, you know, the lawyers are making their cases and, and the, at some point in the trial, you either decide, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt in one direction or another, uh, you know, that you feel one direction or another. Um, and if this season is the trial and the the lawyers are making their cases. I am still undecided about this Montgomery basketball team. Um, I feel like the, if you look at the metrics, the metrics are good. The, the point totals are, are high. Um, they're playing pretty good defense. Uh, they're getting contributions from the, you know, the stars, are playing as you would expect them to play Curry and Rabio and um, you know, Prescott have all uh, kind of done what we've, what we thought that they should be doing. And yet I, I'm still in this wait and see mode because I don't feel like uh, we've been really very much tested uh, at all. Um, and I, I, I'm hopeful that, uh, that comes a little bit this week, uh, especially towards the end of the week uh, against Linden. Um, but right now, my take on on last week and and the overall season is uh, I am if I'm sitting on this jury, uh, the jury's still out. Yeah, um, we're 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 very we're we're not. I feel like we're not all there yet, and I, I see I see what you mean there, but. Uh, like you said, we're definitely going to see see what's in store for us this week with uh, – uh, we got Linden at the end of the week. Um, so what I saw really was we can win big and just win in general without major contributions from Curry, Rabio, and Prescott. We, we had guys all – everyone was scoring – uh, everyone was playing good defense, creating turnovers. And that was kind of my take as we're last week, we saw the quote unquote big three all in double figures for both games. And then now two of the three are not in double figures and the other one wasn't the leading scorer. So we can win coming at you from a lot of ways is, is what I saw. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you there, what, but what, if you had to say right now, what, what, what the identity is of the, of the team, I think that's also kind of a, 
and unknown. I think I think we know what they what they want to be, and we've seen flashes of greatness, like you just mentioned, on both the offensive side, and then you know when they when they push uh, defensively, you know, out into the full court and into that matchup zone and the trap. I mean, but you know, I, I think we've played a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So, but but I but I guess my point in making the analogy that I did was that we haven't had to be any one thing. We you know we haven't really been forced to be in a bad position yet to have to identify ourselves in one kind of way. So, TBD. Yeah, for sure. So we had a forty three uh, seventy three to forty seven win over Immaculata. Uh, Simborski had 16, Curry had 14, and Velocic had 13. Everyone was contributing. Gordy had five. Uh, I think Rabio had nine. Prescott had seven. Josh Moore had six. I really, really, really liked what we saw in that aspect of it. Everyone's contributing. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about it a lot, that as the season goes on and when you play those more skilled opponents where, you know, there are two, three, four very, very talented players on opposing rosters that you're going to need a, a, a contribution from a Simborski and from a Vlasic on the score sheet. You know, I mean, I, I know we, we know that they're going to come, you know, compete and contribute, but, with three and a half minutes to go up a point or down a point, it might be the ball in one of their hands where the big shot gets taken and needs to get made because the other team is so focused on a Curry or a bio, a press cup. So yeah, uh, you like those, those contributions. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see as the pressure gets ratcheted up um, how other teams handle our stars and whether our, "Quote unquote," next level players are, are going to be there to to score those big buckets. And, and uh, if you ask me right now, I, I I'd be okay with Samborski taking the last shot. I'd be okay with Josh Moore facilitating the last twenty seconds of a two point game. I'd be fine with that. And, and that kind of that kind of thing, like what I saw was another. It wasn't as slow of a start as we've seen in the other two games, but. They made it clear they were going to take away Ryan Curry. And from what I saw, until Josh Moore got into the game, we were, it was slow. It was a close game. It's kind of what we saw last year. We didn't have another ball handler that can do the similar things to what Curry can do. But as soon as Josh Moore was in the game, the game blew right open. Yeah, and Ryan did a good job as well, um, you know, forcing the Immaculata defense uh, into some situations that they didn't want. He's again, looks like a kid with just an endless motor, and he is just all go, all go, all go. And, and he picks and chooses his spots, which is, I think, what makes him so deadly because, you know, he you can only score two or three points on any given possession, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. you, you know, we always talk about that all the time in other sports, you know, you get down big in a football game, you can't score a 21 point touchdown. So yeah. Ryan is that same kind of way. And when he sees blood in the water, then he goes, you know, and he can, 
kind of roll together some situations where he'll hit a three, come up with a steal, uh, you know, force another bad pass to somebody, which results in a steal. And then all of a sudden it's a seven Oh run in 35 seconds. Right. And you know, I think that's where he comes in big, but uh, yeah, I, I agree when uh, you know, we started getting some other folks involved and, and really like what we see from Josh Moore, you know, things started to click. For sure. And so that's going to kind of lead us into uh, a like and a dislike from this week. And I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. I like contributions from everywhere. Simborski has really, really impressed me uh, to this point. Three games, he's shooting the lights out, and he's 40% from three. He's playing good defense, creating turnovers. He's drawn a couple offensive fouls. Um, I I really, really like what I've seen from him. Uh, My – uh, what I liked from this week was Noah Vlasic. Uh, I think that we saw last year his ability to, to fill up the stat sheet, especially, you know, and, and we joked about it, that he became, you know, Mr. Third Quarter because it seemed like every time there was a, a lull coming out of the half, he was the guy that hit uh, one or two three-pointers. But you saw against Immaculata uh, double digits in the first half uh, from a, a points perspective from Noah. And it just goes to show you the talent that he has. And I think bigger picture than that, it really goes to show you how unselfish a human being and a basketball player he is, because I think you, you, you know, you watch us play basketball and you see that there are times where he passes up a pretty good shot, knowing that he can probably get a better shot, maybe for somebody else, two or three passes down the line. And, you know, try telling a pretty talented 17 or 18 year old kid not to have glory, you know, when, when the the kid also has a little bit of ability. I mean, that's a, a pretty unselfish thing uh, in terms of personality traits. So my, my one thing, Noah Vlasic. So my dislike with um, this week, there wasn't a lot to dislike. So I'm going to say the snow. And interestingly (laughs) enough, I was surprised the we we had a a game canceled and pushed back because of snow almost before we had a covid related pushback which and then it, it surprised me it really did i thought i thought we were going to have a couple covids and snow wouldn't be an issue but first week we had, we had a covid but not from us obviously and then now a snow game pushback so that if i had to pick one thing it'd be that well, and it's my line of thinking for what I disliked from the week was uh, was COVID. Because, uh, again, I don't really know that there was anything just from the basketball perspective that I disliked. Um, and uh, if I was thinking of one basketball thing, it was going to be um, potential injury. You know, when Matt Prescott had went down in that game for oh, a yeah. second, you know, that scared me. But um, it ended up being a non-issue. Uh, but just the you know, the new reality that we live in with COVID cancellation and, and reshuffling and, um, you know, you're losing games to Trenton Catholic and Rutgers prep and, you know, you're just everything getting switched around, but no shock there. I think we all could have said we hate COVID since March. So. <laughs> all right. So that was the recap from last week. We are now going to 
bring the fury with my favorite plays from this week. That is next. Here's bring the fury. It's my favorite plays from the week. We're going to start out with Matt Levy. Long pass ahead for JT Simborski for the easy deuce. Here's Josh Moore with an unbelievable Euro step showing that the freshman is not afraid of anything. Now the established star Ryan Curry with an unbelievable left-hand scoop shot layup off a great move. But then look at him hustle on the, the defensive end, create havoc for the other teams on both sides of the ball. And finally here, Noah Velosage. First three-point attempt, no good. But Rabio is going to rebound it, move it to Prescott, find its way back to Velocic, and he knocks it down. That's why That was shooting. bring the fury. We are now going to bring in the Lafayette-bound 6'9", forward center, Chris Rabio. Chris, thank you for coming on. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. So just to get right into things, 1-0 week this week, how'd you feel? It was good. I mean, obviously, winning a game by 30 points is always a good way to have have it end up. Uh, you know, we went in. I thought we really brought a lot of energy right off the bat and uh, just kind of kept it going and really proved how good of a team we really are. How uh, how has the bench impacted your energy? I think it's definitely a lot. I mean, obviously, with no fans there making any noise, I think the energy off the bench has been really great. Not only with um, the people that aren't playing, but I think the people coming in off the bench, like uh, Josh and Gordy, have brought a lot of energy when they do come in. And then, you know, you're watching the game afterwards. Obviously, it's harder to watch as I'm playing, but to see after a big play, you know, I see Kerry Wong and Alex Pendris go and do a chest bump after a big play. You know, it's it's nice to see how everyone's really into the game. Yeah, so you brought up Gordy and... I have a I have a couple questions there. Do you see yourself as a mentor to him? How how is that relationship? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I'm trying to work with Gordy the same way I was fortunate enough that uh Rohan worked with me. I think obviously Rohan and I have were really good together and I think that Gordy and I have the ability to be better than we were uh better than I was when I was with Rohan and I think it's just He's doing a good job really taking in what I'm saying and listening to what I'm saying and trying to put it into his own game and just get better as as he goes. Now, I noticed you and Gordy on the floor a lot. I feel like it's kind of picking up a little bit. How lethal can that be? I think it's something that's really dangerous. I mean, you look around not just the conference, but around the entire state, there's not really that many teams that can match up with Six eight six nine six nine six nine at the same time. I mean, it's it just comes down to really making sure that Gordy knows what's going on when he's on the court. You know, making sure he's asking questions and practice, knowing all the spots and the plays, and then just staying calm when he's out there. I mean, he's got the ability to be really good for us this year and then next year when I'm gone. It's just a matter of him working hard enough to get ready himself. So what I, I wanted to ask, what did you do to get ready to be as dominant as you are on both sides of the ball? I didn't think it, I, I'm not I'm not surprised, but it, it feels like it's definitely a step up from last year 
in terms of just physicality, finishing. You're, you're not hesitating to, to dunk it now. Like, you're throwing it down. What, what's changed? Yeah, I think it's just overall, I think I'm just coming in with a more aggressive mindset. I think um, I really worked hard during the offseason. You know, we were lifting all um, throughout the summer and then into the fall with um, Sarah. She really got us all better physically, really to, you know, really be able to bang out in the and the low block for me specifically. And just kind of in that period in between when we were supposed to start and then the actual start of the season, I was going and working out with my dad at um at a gym three times a week. So just getting ready for that stuff, just really working on finishes and stuff, kind of going through finishes and um being able to kind of make quick reactions seeing the double team coming and kicking out when it is there, you know, just overall just getting ready to play. I I really like how you put that. It's just, it's so natural this year. It's you're, you really are seeing everything better. Compare that to when you were a younger guy. How do you think Josh Moore, JT Simborski, like compare that to you when you were younger, how you saw it. And like now it's speeding up for you, but going back to that age. I think definitely it's um it's a big difference. I mean, it's a lot of credit to Josh coming from playing middle school basketball and then straight up to varsity basketball. I mean, it's a huge jump. I mean, even going from JV to varsity is a huge jump, and he never even had that JV experience. And then JT, he started getting a look last year, and then he's just really coming to the season um, – just really all around better. I think he's been shooting the ball really confidently, which is great to see. But just for both of them, I feel like they're seeing the game really slowly, which I know was something I struggled with the beginning of my sophomore year and the freshman year. Yeah, and I I, I wanted to go back to what you said about Josh jumping from middle school right to varsity, shortened summer, shortened whole offseason – how how is that? I mean, that's just a testament to him, right? How, yeah, how he's yeah. able to play at this level. I think there's really no way to prepare for it. Truly, I mean, honestly, if I had to say what happened for him to be ready, I think not having an AAU season for him might have honestly helped because you know if he was playing AAU, he's playing with a bunch of other kids that are going to be freshmen, probably not going to be getting varsity minutes for the most part. But instead of that, we were playing at the park three, four, five times a week, playing with everyone on the varsity team now, alumni and all of that stuff. Who So, you know, the game's going to be fast. Playing with college basketball players and varsity basketball players, It's it really got him ready quickly. So that last part about uh, playing with alumni and, and each other all throughout the summer, because that's really all – you could do for the most part. How does that speak to family and what does family mean to you? I mean, it's definitely a testament to everything that the family we've got going on there. I mean, the commitment out of everyone really to obviously take a risk and go out during the pandemic to go and play basketball with all of us just so that we are ready when the season started. And we really had no idea when that was going to be. Just speaks to everything that we're about. And then... On top of that, having the alumni, I mean, there was times where we had 
probably all 11 seniors from that graduating class from two years ago there. And then on top of that, we have Christian and Kai and Shar, and then some older guys also that are all coming around. I mean, it's everyone wants to see each other succeed within the basketball program. And it's really, it really shows. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, it just, it really is the, what coach Grundy and staff have built with family now to kind of recap it all and COVID year, it's different. Um, I know as, as an athlete, not having playoffs, um, it it's tough what as a senior because it, it was it's different for me as a junior but as a senior knowing that your last run for a championship you, when you know you lost your last game last year and you're like all right I got one more chance that was taken from you how what's your reaction to that um I mean obviously it was terrible to hear when we first started that uh, we weren't going to have a state championship to play for. But then right after that, Coach Grundy, he comes and he talks to us about, you know, the Skylin Conference is putting together the little tournament championship at the end of the year to find a overall conference championship. And that's kind of – that's what we're pushing for at this point. So, you know, we're going playing against um, – getting ready to play against, like, Linden, and we were supposed to play against Trenton Catholic, who are always great teams in the state, you know, just getting ready so that we're – ready to play against the teams like Rutgers prep and Gill when it really counts at the end of the year. And um, you look at our roster compared to theirs. I think there's not really anyone else within the conference that has seniors like we do. So I think we're going to be ready to play against whoever really um, against whoever we're matched up against. Finally, Chris, uh, I wanted to ask you, there's been a couple guys some have opted out um, and are not playing in high school for their final year. Um, going like just getting ready for college as a D one bound player yourself. Um, how does that speak to, to this team and what they mean to you and what you mean to them that you're willing to play with them and for them when some guys weren't. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's the group that I've been around. I mean, there's no other way that I would want to spend this year. I think that really trying and going to win a championship and get a banner up in the gym, it's something that I've always wanted. I mean, kind of leave my mark in that respect. Um, bring home a championship would be unbelievable. I think the team we've got is – it's really built for us to be able to do that. You know, we've got – me, we've got Ryan, we've got Matt, we've got Noah – We've got JT, we've got Josh, we've got Gordy. We've got everyone else that's not even getting regular minutes and are just bringing it super hard in practice. I think it's a team that's built for success in the fact that we're always pushing each other. There's a lot of guys willing to step up and be that voice, whether it's in games or in practices. And I think it's just – it's a testament to everything that we've done. It's not about ourselves. It's about – each other. I mean, you look at the way that all of the stats have been progressed throughout this this season so far. There's been every game three guys with ten plus points. I mean, how many times are you really going to see that in a high school basketball team? Yeah, no doubt. Thank you for so much for coming on, Chris. 
Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Chris Rabio, Lafayette Bound Center. Thank you for joining us, Chris. That's going to take us into next week. So what we're, we're looking at a three-game week, the first of the season. Tuesday, home versus Bridgewater. All three levels will be on the mire. So it's going to be another day of basketball in Montgomery. Nothing better than it, right? Long days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we, uh, the ne- very next day, Wednesday, we are going to travel to Ridge. It's going to be a makeup game from this past week because of the snow. Um, Thursday, we were scheduled to be playing North Hunterdon at home. I know we we're looking forward to this little homestand. That is no more, as we are now going to travel to Linden on Friday. So it goes from what would have been three consecutive home games to now one, two in a row, two in a row back to or away. What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Friday. Uh, I think that Linden is going to pose a little bit of a different test than anything that Montgomery will have seen to that point. Um, And I, I think Hopefully, some of my the jury is out uncertainty will be uh, lessened, and I'll learn a little bit more about uh, who we are and, and you know how we stack up uh, come Friday. I am also looking forward to that, but I am really, really looking forward to Ridge. I, I, I know Ridge is always a tough team, uh, in almost every sport. Um, and the first of two consecutive road games, we haven't traveled much yet. I think we've had one away game. Correct me if I'm yeah, one away game I in the first down, three. Man. So I'd like to see how we come out there. Are we going to come out slow? I that's that. I guess that would be my one worry. If we come out slow against one of these better teams they're going to stomp us. Like, is that what's going to happen? I I don't know. That's what I'd be looking forward to. So, um, it's going to, it's definitely going to be an interesting week. This was the second episode of the Muck and Meyer podcast. Thank you for listening. I am Brandon Fury with Mr. Keith Glock. Um, have a great rest of your Monday. Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so congratulations to them. (laughs) Pulling the trigger a little early there, buddy. (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you for listening. I'm Brandon Fury. This has been another edition of the Muck and Meyer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Pandora, or wherever else you may get your podcasts. The episode from this week will also be posted on YouTube, so make sure to go drop a like there. And subscribe. See you next week, folks.